everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. That was Chris. And that was Cody. And here we go. All right, what are we talking about today? I don't know. we got to think of a better way to introduce ourselves. <laughs> no, I, I think, think that it's a, I think that's an amazing way to introduce ourselves. So we said that our subject, or our subject, <laughs> welcome to your senior year of high school. Our subject is, what is, what is our title for our show today? Um, I think we talked about when is a show just a job and when, when do you try to like give it your all when you're just not really into it? Yeah. Whenever the passion isn't there. Yeah. That is a a huge, a huge topic right there. It's Mm. also a scary topic. Right. (laughs) Because you don't want to act like, I mean, one, you, you're also talking to people that don't just do professional theater where it's really not a job. But I like to think even whenever I direct in a community setting, or I perform in a community setting, that it's not just, you know, that this is a job. And yeah. That's why I like to have people approach it that way, too, because it is something that you have to work at, just like anything else. You have to practice and you have to work at it. So I probably refer to it as a job, more or less, but um, where a lot of times it's more of like this thing that you're doing that yeah. you're passionate about sometimes. But um, I know for me, I have personally been in professional settings and academic settings and community settings where this has been true for me yeah now maybe there are some lucky few out there or maybe the many and i'm in the few that have never had this experience before (laughs) (laughs) where every experience has been amazing and they've loved every director and they've been super passionate about every project i think maybe that's just doing one to two shows ever yeah (laughs) (laughs) i could see that i mean i know um so for me, is, is I'm looking at it from a different perspective, maybe, because I'm looking at it from being on both sides of the table. And mostly what I mean by that is either being on the stage or being a producer or a director. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes I say table because of the audition yeah. table. I just realized some people who don't necessarily do theater all the time may not understand that. So um, I know for me, being a director and also as a producer, there are some times where your heart's not just 100% into the project where oh, yeah. it is literally just, you know, I'm doing this because this is a job, which I think this is probably something that everyone experiences in every single field. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't really know what it's like at the HVAC world. <laughs> Sorry, HVAC. Well, whatever. World. You can call it whatever you want. But <laughs> yeah, you experience it regardless. I think that, that there's a level of burnout that happens no matter what you do. Oh, of course. Especially whenever it is long hours or long thankless mm-hmm. hours, which I think is a lot of working people's, you know, position as far as this goes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I know that, um, you know, personally, whenever I, I we, we talked, I think, uh, I don't episode zero or one, I cannot remember. <laughs> previously. Previously on scene, Patanaz, um, I can't, uh, it, we talked about Annie and I said something about not really having you know a desire to ever direct that show yeah in all honesty i really have never wanted to direct that show (laughs) and i went into it thinking you know from a business standpoint this would be good for the theater and it would you know be good for ticket sales and to bring people in because everybody loves annie yeah i just never wanted to direct it and (laughs) it was not something i mean of course you really wanted to be miss hannigan yeah well no i wanted to be rooster let's be real okay yeah that's fair i wanted to be rooster or bird healy i mean that's come on that's that's like the best you as rooster me as hannigan it's a show it's a that well yeah i never wanted to direct annie and it's not it's not because i hated the musical necessarily i just it's just not something that i was passionate about Mm -hmm. and then whenever i had the opportunity to do it and realized i was being told to do it it became something where it was like, okay, how do I rethink my approach to this? Yeah. Because you don't want to start something being like, oh, this is going to be misery. Oh, I sure. don't want to be here. Because, of course, that's just setting yourself up for failure, which is not what I was wanting to do. <laughs> right, right, right. I was really enjoying, people can't see it, but the face you were giving <laughs> me, which is just like, oh, this is amazing. But so I didn't want to set myself up for failure, so I had to find a way into it. And for me... I know just to to be able to force myself to be passionate about this project, I had to really look at what the story stood for. Yeah. Like, why am I telling this story? Which is something that I, I, I approach every project this way. But in particular, it helped me a lot in this particular project where I had to approach it and say, what is this story actually saying? It's not all about the, you know, all of the music that's in it. It's not, you're never fully dressed without a smile. That's mm-hmm. not what it's about. It's, it is about so much more. It is yeah. about this heartbreak of this child. And that was kind of my way in 
of the darkness of the time period and how she found her optimism. And that was kind of what helped me in that project is it was the scariest Annie anybody had ever seen. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone was really prepared for Annie to be beaten up by Miss Hannigan in the first, you know, 35 seconds of the play, but it was great. It was so shocking and awesome. And that little tie in for me really set it up for success. I think. Yeah. Now I know there are other projects where I have not been able to accomplish having an, an actual, like, you know, a, a good story ending, yeah. a happy ending. Um, I know, especially, you know, there's, <laughs> it's so hard to talk about. I mean, it's just scary. Cause yeah. you're just thinking there's going to be somebody that was involved Yep, and they're going to know who that I'm talking about them. Yep. And they're going to send me a horrible tersely worded email. Yeah. But I, you know what though? I still think that this is definitely something worth talking about because you know, I'd spoken to you several years ago about like, dude, I'm feeling really burnt out. I'm doing like five shows a year. This is really hard. But you know, I kept going not because I wanted to be the hamster still spinning the wheel, but more of, you know, this is a muscle that I that I want to flex and I'm very passionate about doing it regardless on how I personally feel. Like I still want to be a part of the theater. I still want to be on stage. I still want to be out there and 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 it's and hard, you know, talking yeah. about burnout, especially in, whenever you're performing, you know, in a, in a more of a, a community theater wor- mm-hmm. world, because your turnaround is so fast. Oh, yeah. Because you're, you're doing all of this buildup and all of this work. You rehearse a show for six to eight weeks sometimes, hopefully not 11 weeks. It would be, well, and, yeah. And, um, and you rehearse this show for so long, and then you do it, you know, for a weekend or two weekends. Yeah. And then you're done and you mm-hmm. say goodbye. And then immediately you have to start rehearsing the next because, you know, the turnaround is so fast. Oh, for sure. In the professional world is a little bit different because you get time to be able to sit in the show a little bit longer. You get you rehearse it for two, maybe three weeks. Oh, and yeah. And you're running that show for a couple of months. Oh, for sure. So it's just a little bit different. But yeah, that's whenever you said well, especially, five shows a year. You know, that sometimes it was two weeks. I'd have mm-hmm. two weeks and they were like, here's your blocking. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Because okay. you're jumping from yeah. show to show. Because you're also working with different theater companies. But but you know, no matter what you do, though, there has to be some level of burnout. And I think that it is always worth talking about, especially when it comes to something you're passionate about and something you're feeling artistic with. Well, you know, I think the there. I think there are two. Or I guess I should say, I was going to say there are two dirty words in theater, but there are definitely more than two. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I would say one of the one of the uh, the worst words that I hated hearing, and I know that my friends and you also hate to hear, which is, this is going to be great exposure for you. Oh, yeah. This, would be, oh, this is God. a great end. This is going to be great exposure. And so then you feel like, in a way, especially in the beginning of, of getting into this thing, you're really excited about it and you want to do it. And so then you end up giving away so much of your talent mm-hmm. for free. And I remember going out of, of college and hitting the road running and then hearing that word constantly. Mm-hmm. And even in mm-hmm. like strange jobs, like whenever I took this really weird, I mean, the whole like the weirdest jobs you've ever taken <laughs> thing is probably a whole other episode. But I know that I took this strange job off of Craigslist that... um which already sounds scary, and I understand that, <laughs> with this dude named Billius, which is just an awesome name. You said yes to and this? I, well, yeah, I said yes to this. I mean, it, it resulted in free wine for me, but okay. it was there were some other friends of mine that were doing it that were actors, and we basically were fake sommeliers, and he was hiring actors to run a... <laughs> what? I don't know if I've ever told you that story before, <laughs> but it was in this hotel in Chicago. It was this really nice hotel, and he hired these actors to go in there, and you basically were a fake sommelier, and then these, you know, rich people from the burbs would come in, and you would just learn some information about four bottles of wine, which was really fun as far as an exercise for me. I got put on the improv table, as we called it, which was the wine and cheese table, and it was kind of a... Um, I guess it was just a, a, a pick-your-poison situation where people would just be like... Mm, that wine and you didn't really know what wine it was so you would just have to taste it and make something up so most of the time i, I would the tannins <laughs> yeah i talked a lot about tannins <laughs> i got called out once because i wasn't spitting the wine out and i called them talons and somebody was like wait a minute 
I don't believe this anymore. Please tell me you had a French <laughs> accent for this. No, I, I, but it's odd that you said that because I realized I had to have a British accent. And I know that that Stop sounds it. so horrible, but when you, <laughs> when I spoke in a British accent, they never questioned anything that I said. It just happened. I was like, you know, just doing my British accent, talking about stuff. I did have one person ask me where I was from, and we had been we had this cheese, and I was like, oh, Derbyshire. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess that's the name of the cheese. And they started asking me questions about my favorite football team. I didn't know anything about soccer. It was terrible. They pretty much called me out, gave me a lot of side eye, and just continued to walk on. They I knew. still got paid. They and knew. afterwards, I got to go home with some wine. But that started with this dude being like, this is great exposure. This is great practice. You get to meet all these people. Ugh. And, you know, it definitely wasn't. That did nothing for <laughs> right. my theater career other than to give me the opportunity to tell that story right now on the podcast. <laughs> That's the only thing that that has given me. It exposed I me to a lot of pain. Well, I mean, you know, it was a hundred. Well, you're 20-something and, and you need a job. Only, it was a hundred bucks and it was two hours. That's so and much then you ramen. Got, it is a lot of ramen. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of Trader Joe's visits. Yeah. Um, Trader Joe's, if you would like to sponsor us, I'm very much That's like the most adult thing ready. that we've ever said. It's like, ah, you know, I could go to Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> I would enjoy their sponsorship. I would appreciate it on so many levels. Your I peanut love butter it. pretzel bites it. are delicious. Mm. Dark chocolate Reese's cups. I know they're not Reese's. Peanut butter cups. That's what it is. Oh, so good. But anyway, you know, the exposure word is just so, so yeah. bad. Because it basically means we want, we can't do this ourselves, but we want you to do it for us for free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, normally, if you want a plumber, you're not going to call somebody that, you know, unclogged a toilet one time. You know, this is good exposure for your plumbing business. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Thank you for unclogging <laughs> everything. <laughs> and you're also just not going to call somebody who's done it once and oh, like, no. yeah, they'd be good at it. You're calling somebody who's good at this. Yes. And you should pay them accordingly. But that's like a whole other. I realize this is a whole, yeah. whole super rant that I just went on. That maybe could be another topic. Uh, I feel like everything we do is is probably too many topics all in one. Yeah, we're too broad. That's it's, our thing. Yeah, too broad. Um, but what was I talking about before I jumped onto this? Um, you were talking, well, you were talking about, um, Annie and taking some weird, strange jobs, but what about, is there anything like specifically that you have that for you that the show felt like just a job or maybe like your heart really wasn't in it or, or something like that? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I know that that has happened. I, you know, there's, there was one particular show where I was having to play a certain character. It was a, um. It was an original production, uh, and it was... How do you talk negatively about something and sound positive is what was going on in my brain right now. <laughs> right. But Because uh, I don't want to... I'm sure somewhere this horrible experience... <laughs> well, I'll say it like this. ...contributed um, to me and being where I am and shaping me and who yeah. I am today. I think, I think um, the best way to kind of like think about it is that... Who is it? Switchfoot, I think, has a song that says, you know, the shadows prove that the sun shines. And I think coming out of the other side of any kind of bad situation is a learning experience. So you you come out to the good for it. And I think that's something that that you're trying to to bridge right there with kind of like, I don't want to I want to speak negatively, but I also want it to be like a positive thing. So I think that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, I, I'm super impressed that you brought Switchfoot into this. Um, I know. Yeah. So, well talking about this show it was an original production the playwright also directed the show she had directed Oof. me in a certain way that i did not think should be the direction of the character and mm -hmm. that's also like that that's hard that's hard from the beginning is she has written this she had written this show in a way that that she had specifically imagined this role and when i auditioned i guess she thought i had it in me to do this but then through you know, experiencing this show <laughs> and working on it with her, I, um, I, I'm just going to say she was wrong. I still to this day think that yeah. she was wrong. She was steering it in a wrong direction. It just did not make sense. I didn't like it. I thought it was inappropriate. There were so many aspects of this show. It, it taught me so many lessons. I will say this about this particular person <sighs> the way that she dealt with the actors, not a single person in the cast wanted to be in the show. Wow. And it was just a get through it experience. And I remember waiting for the director to get there 
and we would all be in the rehearsal room, um, you know, warming up or doing whatever it was that we were doing, um, planning what we were going to have to drink afterwards <laughs> to get through the experience <laughs> and feel, feel okay about it. But she, um, she, she would show up and you could just feel the air go out of the room yeah. because she, I don't know if it was coming from a place of vulnerability because it is hard to write something and then have it put up and then also to, I'm, I'm sure, see it from the very beginning spiraling. Oh, down yeah. And realizing there's nothing you can do to fix it. And I'm sure I'm trying really hard to play devil's advocate for this woman because yeah. so many years I've just, you know, had so many terrible feelings towards her. But um, but we've we found our way through it. I will say that I did almost get thrown out of this production <laughs> um, off after the first performance. She had directed me in this one moment. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever done on stage, still to this day, where I had to walk out. It, it was a thrust stage, which is you know the the stage goes out into the audience. I've got like it was in a it was in a black box. There are people sitting. I could have I could have gave everybody a high five on the yeah. front row, you know. And so I had to walk the, it was a square, I had to walk the, the thrust, basically. And she wanted me, the direction she gave me was, I want you to walk playing the flute. I had to play the flute in this moment, but she didn't give me an actual flute. It was pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is, <laughs> this is really amazing hearing the story without all of the context that I'm not able to give, trying to protect you know, yeah. the, the minds and souls of whoever was in it. But... So I had to walk in this straight line playing this imaginary flute. And she said, I want you to walk like Cinderella. But if Cinderella <laughs> were made of stone. So just take a moment and try to figure out what that would even look like in any kind of world. And then I did this. You say, I need you to show me. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I should have I should have done that. I did not say you need to show me. I said, "All right, I will uh, try to make that happen." Because as actors, most of the time, you're just like, "I'll try it once. We'll see what happens. Maybe I will do it. Yeah, and right. We can move on, and it, and it will be right." <laughs> We're jumping she'll, in, you know. She'll both at least feet think in the pool. that I did what. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> she'll at least think I did something, and that's fine. But um, so I did this, but she, I had to do this pass of the audience four times. And it was tragic. I, you know, like when Chris and I are on stage with each other, we've done a lot of plays together at this point, and we have done a two-man show together. Um, it was in our season this year for us to do another two-man show together. Oh, yeah. And Chris is probably the person that gets the Fallons worse than Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And I, I had never broken on stage before. I had never laughed on stage before, and I walked out there, and the first time people were kind of like, you could hear them in the audience being like, oh, that's so <laughs> And then the second time I walked out there and did my little pass, and people were like, okay. <laughs> and every time it got worse, and the fourth time that I entered and did this again, the entire audience had just given up on the show, and they had just broke out in hysterical laughter. And I made... The first corner, and I went for the for the <laughs> second corner, and I just lost it. I just started laughing. I couldn't handle it. I had the stage manager come up to me after the show. I had the uh, the the playwright come up to me after the show. They were yelling at me. They were like, "You have ruined our production. How dare you?" All this stuff. It was like, "This is not my fault." I still feel vindicated that it was not my fault. It was like, "This was bad. This is not my fault. I tried so hard." Right. Anyway, that might have been a really bad veer off but it was definitely that was the hardest still to this day show to get through because it was how do you deal with a negative director who obviously feels very vulnerable about the work that has been written mm -hmm. and about everyone's performance and they are tearing all of the actors down and making the process itself horrible like yeah. what do you do you know it, it's crazy to me because you know as a writer you write the characters in such a way that like in your mind, this is how they would react. But if you're the playwright and you're directing this show, from my perspective, it would be, let's sit down and talk about this. We can both create this thing and the better idea should win. Right. Well, yeah, so, but you're a collaborative person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And like, not everybody is that way. If, if you know, you're doing something and you do it wrong, then I think, well, then let me do it the director's way once. 
I've tried it my because I I say that I'm in the unique position that most of the time people let me do my thing, mm-hmm. and then they rein me back or forward, kind of depending on that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from that the better idea kind of comes forward, and it's usually a blend of the two. And in that situation, it's very hard to hear because it's like, oh, that was very much a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And they wanted it this certain way. Oh yeah, there mm. wasn't. A, there was no give and take as far as any of it went. Yeah. And to be honest, from an outside perspective, if I went and watched the show, I would have really wanted my money back. I mean, it was a bad <laughs> show just from the from the get go. It just should not have been done. Yeah. And we were just kind of trapped, and that's that. We just had to get through the production. Yeah. Which what is sad is, and I think what happens so many times as performers or as anyone who is passionate about what they do, you find yourself in a situation where it is very easy for people to take advantage of that love mm-hmm. that you have for whatever it is in theater or, or anything else. Really? If you're, <laughs> if you're passionate about plumbing, <laughs> we're just going to bring those plumbers in. <laughs> But if you're passionate about something, it just leaves that door open, I think. Because yeah. people know like, oh, well, he's they're they're going to do their best because they love it so much. Oh, for sure. So it doesn't matter what we do. And I think that there's such a sadness there because we lose so much power in that way. And yeah. I you know, throughout all of I think school and you just kind of get indoctrinated in this way of I'm a performer, so that means I have to do whatever I can to convince people that I should have this job to begin with because yeah. the odds are stacked against me. Right. So I'm trying so hard constantly always to prove myself. And whenever I get the opportunity and then I have a negative response, mm-hmm. it's my fault. Yeah. And so I have to be the one to change. Oh, for sure. Because I have no power, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure, 100% why there is the actor's equity. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, you know, you say that, and then it reminds me of a lot of my situation, because I look very young for 31, almost 32 now. And I was about to say, I don't think you know how old you are, I do don't you? know how You so started to say it, and I was like, oh, crap, how so old is how I just old have is so many people coming up to me, and they're like, hey, are you 19? And I'm like, oh, no. Um, but, uh, it's to your advantage. Sure, but when I'm on stage with you, it's like, we look like there's this huge age gap between us and I feel like I'm having to fight for that <laughs> to, to, to close that gap and to like prove that I'm there with you. And I, yeah. I just feel that way a lot of times too, but it is just interesting to, to have that from really an artistic perspective. Like mm-hmm. I need to fight to, 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 to make this thing worthwhile. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. It's a hard, hard, it's a, it's, it's a hard business to begin with. And I feel like when you started out as a performer, you're you're starting out already at the bottom rung. Yeah. Because no, everybody's going to tell you there's so many other people that could have your job. Mm-hmm. Which I think is why we have been experiencing so much in the entertainment industry. You know, the focus was on the entertainment industry before all of our current events started happening. Yes. And it is so much about... You know, it, it, and I understand it because when you get those jobs, I mean, I have... And I don't want to sound like it's so hard for me to be negative in this way. I don't, I have had so many amazing experiences and shows that I would love to jump back into today with Ugh. all the same people and Ugh. the same directors and, and just be in the rehearsal room. And I would love that. But, it, you know, with the good comes the bad sometimes. Yeah. And there have been many bad situations where I have seen, um, I have seen, you know, so many other performers be taken advantage of or be treated in a way that was not appropriate. Oh, for sure. And it just, it just, you know, gets blown over because you're working at a place, uh, you know, that is possibly at a, a, like a, you know, $11 million theater in Chicago. And they're just gonna let it happen because you want to maintain the job. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they, they know their reputation and they know that you want to be here. Well, right. Yeah, that of, co- of course. So it's it, it's this horrible thing where, you know, certain people in life just should not be given the reins. And then they, they inherit the power and then they use it for, for yep. evil. <laughs> 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 this was probably a huge sidebar. So I'm, I feel like it's all still underneath the topic. It, but, it really is, yeah. You know, there was... 
I'm, I'm, and I've been talking for a while. You, you go ahead. You know, I just, I have a problem where I just keep going. <laughs> I think, you know, your pontification is really one of your assets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if my wife would agree with you, but you know, I'll, I'll take it. I am reminded of this definite, definitely this one show where there was this situation that happened where this one actress who was having this circumstance and couldn't get through the performance. I just have to say, it is so nice being over here watching you struggle to yep. say this story without yep. letting anything Watching out. you dance made me think like, oh my God, that's going to is- be so hard for me. <laughs> well, I'm loving it. I'm right. loving it. Keep going. But it, it, it ended with this situation where for the next rehearsal, you know, we got through the entire rehearsal very it was the first time we'd run the show we'd run it quickly and it was all done and then the director sort of berated me and the other lead the entire time mm. and and I 100% admit I was at fault in that situation I I was wrong what I did was absolutely incorrect right mm-hmm. but to sort of then yell at me and the other lead at a rehearsal in front of the cast yeah, yeah was one of those situations that made me sort of previously like how you had talked about uh, that actress who was yelled at for the entire thing and never wanted oh, yeah. to. It, at that point, I really sort of disconnected. Oh, yeah. You just shut off. Yeah. You're not, why, and it's like, why would you want to give your heart to something when? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already in this show that that is not the greatest show. Right. You know, when you're part of something and it's like really good and you know, when you're part of something and it's like, this is this is going to be just a show. Right? Yeah, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it. And in in doing this, you know, it's a comedy. And there are some people who think it's like this high art concept. And it's like, this isn't avant garde. This is like some <laughs> lowbrow comedy. Let's just do it and make it funny. Right. And for for that person to at the beginning of rehearsal to laugh with us and joke about this thing and then we have this rehearsal and we do this thing and then you yell at us yeah that's a lot then i'm like well which hat do you want to wear do you want to be our friend or do you want to be our director i mean it is a hard balance speaking as somebody who's you know has to live in both worlds sometimes it is a really hard balance of when do you have that with your cast and when are you the boss? Yeah. I mean, at some point, you just have to be the the parent in a way. So oh, yeah. It's just kind of like that give and take. We can be friends, but in the end, it this is, you we know, have got to lay down the yeah. law. What's the other thing we were talking about? Oh, um, let's see. Mm. I had a situation um, when I was actually performing in a, in a Christmas Carol, and we were in uh, Wisconsin. And for all of my people that were in that show with me, they they understand. We just used to always say, what a time to be alive. I mean, <laughs> it was just that we had like a whole group that was just us. And that was the title of it. What a time to be alive. It, like that phrase got us through this performance. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was one of those where we took an out of town job. Um, so the it was in the Wisconsin Dells, which is like a water park town. It was a dinner theater. I mean, there are so many amazing stories that came from it. But I will say that was one of those times where as an actor, I took the job because the director was the best director Mm. I've ever worked with. The actors that were in the show were all of my friends and amazing performers. And I knew it was going to be a great experience. The show itself was amazing. Yeah. The circumstance like was way more elevated than the, the, it did not. This particular show did not deserve to happen. Yeah. With this particular production company. <laughs> I will say that at this particular theater. Um, it you know, we rehearsed it in Chicago and then we moved to to Wisconsin for tech. So we rehearsed it for two weeks. Um, is this massive show and uh and then we started performing and the production side of it, they I don't think they had ever worked with that caliber of a performer I guess maybe or performers mm-hmm. and and they just weren't prepared for what was expected because all of us were so used to working in union houses and we thought that's where we were going to work <laughs> and they were not expecting us and so that was <laughs> it was a very raw experience I remember showing up and they had touted like the housing for the actors and they said yes you're going to be staying in this house in this um that we have for you, and it's in this really great suburb. There's even a lodge with a pool, and some people 
did get that house. Mm-hmm. And me, people, <laughs> I did not get that house. Uh, we stayed in a hostel. So you had some people that were living in this really beautiful home. And then you had some people that were bunking up in this oh horrible thing with a community kitchen. And it uh-huh. was like, what is this? But we were still willing to let that go and move forward, you know, because the people were so great and the show was so awesome. And oh, just the whole time we were just met with, I remember at one point in time, us all sitting down on the stage and refusing to leave because they had said the guy that was supposed to give us our first paycheck had left and had gone home and he lived 30 minutes outside of town. And so they would just have to give us our check later. And so we were like, no. No, they were already like three days late for no. for paying us. And no. so we just got all the actors and we sat down and we said, call him back. I don't know what to tell you. You're just going to have to call him back. But it took all of us because yet again, it was so in, in, in just, just beaten into us that we just had to go along with whatever. And it's really hard to, to find the, you know, the, the, the strength within yourself, I guess, in that circumstance to, to be like, no, what we are doing is work like you are making money off of it we are we have to be here or you do not you know get your product Mm -hmm. and we deserve to be paid and so we just had to sit on the edge of the stage and wait for this guy to come back and every single person except for two people in the in the cast their checks bounced and we were like oh no 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 Oh, and it was just for that to happen right out the gate. That really set the tone for the rest of that experience. And we Ooh, had yeah. we had two and a half, three months of that. We had two two and a half, three months of that. So it was that was hard. That's like what you were talking about before about people taking advantage of your exposure. Yeah, your passion. Yeah, and it's like, dude, come on, man. We're we're here doing this thing for you. You're making money hand over fist. Right. Right, every night. And you know, all of us, and including the person who directed the show and wrote the show, we all went into this thinking, this is something that would be good for us. It's, you know, an out-of-town job that will hopefully be a reoccurring job. So this is basically solidifying, because, you know, so much in... And theater is about my next contract. I mean, even while you're performing, you're looking at, you're auditioning all the time. Oh, yeah. Because you were trying to fill enough, you know, days so that you can apply for your insurance. Mm. I mean, you got to get, <laughs> right. It's, it, you got to get six months worth of work to be able to apply for insurance through the union. So it just, you're constantly working towards that. And you don't, you can't afford to have a gap in time. So, we we were looking at this as a possibility of some sort of security and it just it just wasn't there. Oh, for sure. And there are some amazing stories that came from that and some very funny stories that I can't talk about on here, but <laughs> I can definitely talk to you about later. Right. Um but and and I'm happy that I got to have it because we did get really close, but you know, you don't want to just say I became great friends with these people because of the misery that we went through yeah. for 3 months. Well, and there is something to be said about that too. Mhm. You like we're we're in these trenches together. Oh yeah, yeah, we, and we made it through. Sometimes there are just extenuating circumstances, and you can't pull the plug on a certain project. Yeah, but you know, I I ran into a situation this year actually where I had signed up to do a particular job, and I was put into in, in between a rock and a hard place, really, where it was like, you know, I know that with the current pandemic, I mean, it had to be canceled but I still had to provide some sort of product. Yeah. And I knew that what I had to do was going to to be bad, mm-hmm. that I was not going to be able to effectively deliver a product that I wanted to put my name on or that I, that I wanted people to see. And, yeah. But I had signed a contract and was going to get paid for this. And so it was like, well, what do I do? Am I compromising my you know, integrity as an artist by putting this out there by just saying like, you know what? Sometimes it's just not there. Like Mm -hmm. the art is not there. You want it to be, and you want it to be a great experience, but you know, you've kind of flipped the rules on me and this new set of rules. I am not as well versed in it. I'm not as, I don't feel as comfortable in it. And I just, 
I don't think it's going to work. And in so, in so many situations, I mean, even now I'm 33 years old. I've I've had a career, and I still I still went through with that project. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it's and I so much of me says no. You should have just been like, I'm sorry. Uh, we will revisit this whenever it is appropriate again. Yeah. And I I wish that I could have been a little bit more you know strong on that and been like, no, I'm going to stick to my guns, and and. You know, I, in the end, the product that was delivered, I I still feel was was good. It wasn't as great as it could have been. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't. I I think that kind of answered your question. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, it's like it, in that specific situation, you know, you don't ever want to be that that person that makes this commitment and then breaks it and leaves that person kind of like. Yeah, I don't want to leave him. Nowhere. Yeah, I don't want to leave him. Like, dry. I can never imagine being an actor that was like, "Hey, look, I know that I've committed to do this show. I've rehearsed up until performance. Mm-hmm. Can't do it." Yeah. In fact, I I know for a fact I don't think I've ever canceled a single rehearsal in my life. Oh, I could, I like, I feel like at that point it's just, it's just too far. I mean, oh, if yeah. you're in a show and you are going up to, I can't like, I have never been in a production you know especially if i knew that i didn't have an understudy oh yeah oh my goodness if i didn't have an understudy i had no one else to to go i mean you if you're not there the show doesn't happen yeah so it it, at at that point it's like you know what i this is on me and i just have to suffer through it i mean i've everybody has these stories i think that's a performer because it's not like somebody can just step in at the last minute right so i mean i've done shows with puke buckets backstage (laughs) and had to like run off i've been you know in a (laughs) the very first uh job that i actually did with um with chicago shakespeare i was in um i was in a in a production and one of the members of the cast had to be taken out um right in preview week and oh my god. I was um covering this particular track. I was an understudy for three different tracks. And you know, in in theater you get like Ooh. you know, in in the professional world, you're not casting 30 people in a show, you're casting 10. Yeah. You're casting as little as possible because you don't want to spend as much money. Mm-hmm. So how can I do this show with as little people as possible and as effectively as possible? You have to look at it as a business. So I I was covering this three different tracks and in the in the fights and there was a lot of sword fighting and this particular person went out suddenly um later on I found out it was for uh <laughs> an elective surgery and that that angered me so much <laughs> um, it didn't only anger me it angered the company which you know I'll give them that. I give them that that thumbs up. At least they were angry about it. But so they chose to go in for an elective surgery and scheduled it for then and and did it. And it was like to That's incredible. Remove a wart or something. I don't even remember, right. but I was angry. That's incredible. Um so they they went out and I got a phone call um where I lived in Chicago. I lived about maybe a 20 minute drive from downtown. I lived on the on the in Rogers Park, and I so I jumped on Lakeshore Drive. This is ridiculous, but I got there fast. Here's your geography lesson. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> apologize. I jumped on Lakeshore Drive. I got there really quick to Chicago Shakes, which is downtown. Uh, it was about like ten miles away, and um, ran in, and they took his costume because they had not yet like even formed costumes for the understudies yet. We hadn't actually had a rehearsal yet. I just luckily knew my lines and what I was supposed to do. Like I, Oh, it was awful. And I had watched some of their shows during the, the tech. So anyway, um, I, they were, they were ripping the seams on his costume and re-sewing it and putting me into it basically. And then they walk me backstage and I've got, there are two, there's one assistant stage manager that has my hand at all times and is leading me where I need to go because I don't know where I exit yeah. or where I enter anywhere. Um, they just made an announcement to the cast and we're like, when Cody is on stage, make sure if you know like you're leaving and then th- he is normally supposed to be with you, this actor is supposed to be like, take him with you. So most <laughs> of the time I would find somebody and I would make eye contact and they'd be like, move over here. You need to move over here. <laughs> It was so nerve-wracking, but right before I went on, it was for this fight. I had 30 minutes to learn. It was horrible. 
Oh, I was so nervous. Oh, it was geez. just like the show opened up with this big epic battle. And so I had this sword in my hand and um, the fight captain. One position one, position five, position five. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was going through all my parries. And the um, the uh, the the fight captain went over with me like thirty minutes before the show. It was oh, it was horrible. So I'm backstage and I looked I looked down and the the ASM has a, a bucket in her hand, and I was like, what What is that? And she was like, you're gonna you're gonna throw up. Yeah. this is your puke bucket. I was like, I'm not gonna throw up. I'm not gonna throw up. It's not gonna happen. She's like, no, you're gonna throw up. And then right when the lights went down, I mean, for me, I'm obsessed with doing Shakespeare and I had wanted to do a show at Chicago shakes. I mean, that to me was like, you know, getting a Broadway show or getting a massive film or being sure. Yeah. You've got all these goals and like that, that your time was your goal. goal. It was a huge goal. I had auditioned for them so many times. I had even gone up there to audition while I was in school, just hoping I would get cast in something. And, um, I'm back there and I'm about to enter onto the stage for the first time. And I look at the girl and I was like, I'm going to throw up. And I like <laughs> felt it coming up. But the lights had already gone down and I had to run because we had to run and get in place. And she was like, not now. And she just shoved me onto the stage. And I had to be out there and be like, oh my God. Like, don't, don't puke. Yeah, basically, don't puke on the stage in front of everyone. Oh, it was just terrifying. It was terrifying. So, understudies definitely get a, a, a bad rap. So I shouldn't have said just understudies. Yeah. It's a hard, hard job. And luckily, the, the ensemble was so great that they pushed me through. Yeah. But shame on that guy, man. That's <laughs> like a situation no one should ever be in. That is for sure. You know, I've only ever had one understudy. And similarly to you, it was for A Midsummer Night's Dream. It was... um um. Uh, Demetrius, you know, is that what you d- played? Uh, Lysander. Lysander. Yeah, yeah one of the um, lovers. So the the guy that was my understudy, they had to understudy me for one night because I didn't know if I was going to make it because my day job was calling me to do inventory. Mm. So I worked my butt off to try and make it to that performance. It was like, dude, I really want to be in all these performances, right? They called me last mm. minute to replace somebody else. I really want to make sure that I commit to them you know, all my time, but I can't commit maybe this one night, right? Mm-hmm. When I walked in there, that dude's face was completely white, and he went, <laughs> oh, thank God you're here. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I thought I was going to throw up right there. Oh, it's so it's a hard, hard thing, especially when you're covering multiple people. I mean, it's just, it's so hard, and especially, like, you know, you're working in a situation where you're already really stressed, <laughs> and other people, you know, they don't, like I, I know I've found when I've been in that situation, that was another one of those. I've taken two understudy jobs in my life, and both of them were take this job so that you can, you know, the company will respect you and they will give you yep. more lies. Yeah. Because most of the time you take an understudy job and people know that they can count on you, they're going to hire you yep. for that understudy job because that is hard to find. And it is um, not for a lot of money, and it yep. should be for more money. That is for sure. But um, yeah, uh, in, when you're understudying and you're working with, you know, a lot of times in in the world, uh, the understudies work with the assistant director and the stage manager. Those are your directors. The director is not going to be there for an understudy rehearsal. It's just that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, and I was in this. Or I shouldn't say most of the time. This one particular instance, I was in. I was in a, a situation where the assistant director didn't agree with the director's vision. And it was strange because at the time I was working as the, this was such a weird situation. I was the assistant to the, like I was a personal assistant at the time to the actual director. Oh, no. So I was there all the time. Yeah. And the director didn't like the assistant director, and they like they really butted heads. Oh, and we were in rehearsals, and it just it was bad. And so the whole time I'm like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and then I would like, you know, go to work, and I would be asked, hey, how's understudy rehearsals going? And I'd be like, mm, uh, you might want to... 
ask the stage manager. Like, I feel really awkward. Yeah, right. But you're going to be real mad. You're going right. to be real mad. And yeah, that that was that was an awful, awful, awful situation. You know what's interesting is I actually elected to actually sit in on my understudies uh, rehearsals. Mm. And it was really cool. Um, and I don't know if other actors do this at all. But I, I, I chose to do it because I wanted to see what everybody else on stage was doing. Oh, that's very interesting. And it really like changed the way that as the understudy, went. I think depending on who it is, I would think that that would be very nerve wracking to know that the other person yeah, is watching true. you. Yeah. But also just depending on your relationship, you know, sometimes it, that can be a very good thing. Mm-hmm. I know when I have understudied in the past, all the other performers they know what what that's like. Yeah. They could they can imagine where you're coming from. So they're going to take care of you and they want to build you up and they want to put you in a place where you can succeed because it's also their success too. Oh, for sure. And they don't want it to be like, Oh, there's an understudy on. That's what I thought about that. Like, you know, people going to see these huge shows, like, um, when, <laughs> uh, like, ha- like Hamilton just came out. So we can say Hamilton or yeah. Dear Evan Hansen, any of those big shows, hello, Dolly, any of those big ones that were on in the last like couple of years where the headliner is the reason why people are going and people that, the headliner maybe not was the reason for Hamilton or Dear Van Hansen really, but the headliner for Hello Dolly when they revised it was the reason yeah, we're yeah, yeah. going to see yeah, Bette Midler. Yeah. But what do you do when Bette Midler is not on and you bought your ticket? Yeah, and you know that that poor you know that poor understudy is going on and they're like, oh, this whole entire house is here to see Bette Midler, mm-hmm. and it's me. <laughs> Ooh, what do you do? You know. You know, I would hope that at the end of I didn't mean to take what you said and then steer it in a no, whole no, new no, direction, no. but, but I, I just would hope that I in think that, that other actors support each other very well. Yeah, yeah, is what yeah. I was trying to say. Well, so. that that's kind of like the goal for sure. But I would hope that, especially in that situation, that at the end of a production, and and speaking about the people behind the scenes too, kind of like how we had talked about before, that when we finish a show, and, and I know that you do this for sure, is that we we thank everybody. Well, you have you have to. There's so many people. Yeah, and and I mean, even if you can't get to them individually, it's this big like, look under. Even when we did Tuna, there were like 30 people. Backstage. Right, we did we did a production of Greater Tuna, which is a two man show. Yeah, and it was one of the worst experiences is- I've had in my life. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> he is lying. Um, but it also like the quick changes in this show are insane. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you ever get a change, chance to see it, watch it. It's there's so almost good. like three characters in the show. There's the two actors and then the quick change, and it's yeah. insane. You exit the the stage talking to yourself, and re-enter the stage answering the question you just asked. I mean, it's it's insane. It's a, it's a crazy crazy yeah. thing. But, but yes, but we yeah, were doing you, too. I mean, it was like. You thanked everybody, even the the person who was running the house, the person who was running the the concessions, the person who was... I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, you don't understand. It may be just the two of us that people are seeing for the next Mm -hmm. two hours, but, you know, all these people are so integral to what we're doing and that we have to thank each and every one of them. Well, and and also because in this particular setting, you know, that show was the show that launched our production company, our production company our theater company and you know it, it it is a difficult thing and a lot of them were our our friends mm-hmm. and it was like uh hey we're doing this thing and we yep. want you to be here and we need you to be here and we're not paying you yeah and um but it was great exposure for them so we let it happen um <laughs> <laughs> but, but um it, it was so awesome to be able to have that experience and and it is hard as you know when you're the the actor or the director of the situation it, it's it's i i battle with this a lot you know so much of the shows that we do you have helped out so much stuff at you know when we do things at the fox theater in in marksville that lexi is the president of you know people see me the most because mm-hmm. i'm there and they see me on stage and they see me performing or you know they, they see me directing or i'm there teaching the classes and they forget that in reality, I am doing 10%. Yeah. And the whole rest of it is 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 Lexi and the board and the community. And I'm just a very small factor of that. And it, it is difficult, too, because these, you know, everybody else is pouring their hearts and souls into it. And 
you're getting all the credit most right. of the time. And so you're, it, it's a hard balance. Like how do you make sure you're letting people know that it's everyone else, but also yeah. like still giving them the entertainment and not right. know, <laughs> going on for hours and hours and hours. Um, but in the same way, uh, tying it back to, you know, when is the show just a job? I remember that I think it was the Saturday before we opened, you know, we'd rehearsed the show so much that we knew it. Oh yeah. We could have done it blindfolded. And I remember sitting there, we got through that, that rehearsal and about intermission, we looked at one another and went, yeah, we good. (laughs) We good. We good. Let's just keep going. And, And we like powered through it or whatever. And, and, I don't mean that to say that it felt like just a job, but it was, we know this. Well, yeah, you you know whenever you you get to a place that you're comfortable. Yeah. And that, of course, is, especially in a show like that, is where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally used to think that you never could rehearse a show too much, and then I did. It wasn't this show, but oh, yeah. you know, we both were in a show one time where we rehearsed it for far too long, and mm-hmm. it gets to a point where you're like, okay. I've also like, been in shows where we didn't rehearse enough. nearly enough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, that's that's a uh, it, it's a hard. So I, I've talked about this to people before about you know community theater sometimes in the professional world when people talk about community theater it's almost a dirty word i was going to yeah. say this was the second dirty word yeah, it was right. like exposure and community community theater and it's because a lot of times in community theater people don't give it enough rehearsal yeah and they're just not prepared and people see that as like you know Oh, it's such a hard subject to talk about. I'll tell you what. Um, we're actually running out of time. Oh so Lord! Why don't we? Are actually, you giving me an escape? Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we make that dirty word of community in theater the next topic that we talk about? Yeah, I think it would be a great idea to talk about theater in small communities and doing productions in in community theater. Yeah, yeah, I think Com- that's a great idea. Because from my perspective, it's like hugely important, right? I mean, I talked it's about massively that important. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's important enough that I walked away from my actual career to come back and do something different (laughs) in my mind. Which I'm thankful for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me too. I mean, so many amazing things happened because of that. Yeah. I'm more than willing to talk about that. I didn't realize we were running out of time. I hope we answered the question we set out to answer. It's such a broad topic, though. I don't know that, ah, uh, man. Maybe we have to come back. I mean, I know what Maybe I picture be... is, is my father-in-law listening to this and being like, man, I told him he just rambles too many times. Well, I'm, I mean, yet again, I think it makes me very excited to continue doing this. And I think that we can, we have more to talk about for oh, yeah. sure. And the next topic is definitely near and dear, I think, to both of our hearts. And that is exciting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we hope uh, that you guys enjoyed this. And we'll be releasing another one. I loved your face that you just made. He just made me an amazing well, I face. Was, I was waiting for you to make it awkward. I, like well, I started to make it awkward, and it's already awkward. We're, we've made this. This has gone too long. Look, that is Chris. <laughs> and that is Cody. And this was Scene Partners. <laughs> <laughs>